Hey, the code word is dangle. Get you 20% off and free shipping. Doesn't get you a cup though, Corey Perry, does it? That's wow. A bummer. That's a bummer. Wow. Manscaped.com. He, he's already got one. Shave that beard. <laughs> wait, wait. He, he, he almost won. It was a close shave. Oh! Hey! Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Ladies and gentlemen, the Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions for the first time in 21 years. What? What? That's not how we were... Supposed to start the show. How were we supposed to start oh, the show? I got I got the completely wrong rundown. What, what did you what did what was the rundown you got? Timothy Lilligren has signed for two more years. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Hooray! The, the Leafs' second or third pairing, depending upon how you look at it, is now locked in for next year oh, for second two points. Healthy <laughs> scratch pairing. Yeah. Well, anyway, t- <laughs> two point two million for the two for Giordano Lilligren. They're not healthy scratches. No. Come no, on. No, no, they were no, no. great. If Lilligren's our second pairing defenseman. <laughs> oh. ah. Hey, you guys tried to convince me that Justin Hall was a second pairing defenseman for a long time. I'm just going to throw it out the there. Jack Johnson hoisted the Stanley Cup That's yesterday. right. Yeah, did a great and Nathan job. McKinnon almost gave him a... Uh, 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 no, it was Eric Johnson. Did you see the, uh, the, the Nathan McKinnon, Eric Johnson hug? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, there were more injuries in the Colorado celebration than there were in the whole series. Almost took him off, like, took his head off. It was that crazy. man's beloved. They love EJ. They do. They and I th- really do. Do you think he's done? Is he done after this? Mm, no, it's wild that guys who I vividly remember getting drafted are retiring now. I know. I know. Uh, man, 2006? It really wasn't that long ago. Guys you used to pick up who'd be like, wow, there's, there are 78 right now, but their potential is 96. He was, that was the worst trade ever. Like, just because it happened at, it, there were a thousand parts to the trade, Eric Johnson to Colorado, and... That was from Carolina, right? No, uh, St. Louis. Oh, okay, okay. There was a Carolina, and it, too. And it happened at two in the morning. Ugh. I remember Bob mm. McKenzie tweeting it, and we were all like, why is there a trade right now, and why is it enormous? <laughs> well, they, they had to stay up late. Now, Nathan McKinnon... Finished last year after getting swept by Vegas and saying, it's my ninth year in the NHL, and I don't have shit to show for it. After year 10, by the way, the Vegas Golden Knights swept Colorado. They didn't. 
They didn't sweep well, Colorado. They, they was Colorado won the first two games of the series, and then Vegas. Okay, won four the next, game. Vegas won the next four. Four they games in a row. Could have swept them, have you, and then <laughs> lost the to the Montreal series. Canadiens. <laughs> That's yeah. still, that last year was weird, man. But Nathan McKinnon said, "I don't have shit to show for it." Now he says uh, he was one of the drunkest at a couple of uh, Crosby's uh, Stanley Cup parties. He said, "Now it's Sydney's turn," and I got to ask you guys. What does the Stanley Cup mean for Nathan McKinnon's legacy? He is now a, it seems like a, a, a too early question to ask, but he's been in the league for a decade. Yeah, I know. I know. Does it put him in, and this is an interesting question, top five abs of all time? No. Oh, boy. Because you got. Wow. No, it's you, interesting because it's like our Leafs conversation from the other day, top five Leafs of all right. time. There's five people on the previous abs Stanley Cup. Uh, run that so you, you probably got put above that. Sackick, right? um, Sackick, Forsberg, Forsberg Wah, I Wah. think are untouchable. What are, their defensemen were what? Ovsalich, Foot. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know if any of them would be that high because some of their best players were also Nordiques, right? So you yeah, Foot. I don't think makes it. Do you put Bork oh, on man. there? No, you don't put Bork on there. Okay. He was he was an app for a hot minute. Matt Sundin. Yeah, Owen Nolan. <laughs> Dude, is it? Are we talking about? Uh, We're talking just Colorado. Are we talking about North, Atlanta just, Thrashers just, logic? No, here, no. Where if they get all of the history of the Quebec, no, because then you got to include onto oh, no. the Avalanche, because that's the way the NHL sets its rules. I know it's super you dumb. Get the f- records and the people from the previous from, franchise. Okay, we're counting it from 1995, <laughs> the minute they show up in Colorado. Then maybe, yeah, just probably Tebow. top five. Jocelyn Tebow no, uh, did, did not play the now. You know what? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. He might make it. But are you... So... N- By the end of his career, yeah. McKinnon's the best player on the team. Currently. If, well, Kale McCarr... Like, are, are we saying that definitively? Because Kale McCarr, I think, is creeping up that list where it's it's 1A and 1B. That's, they play it, different positions, so it's a little tough. Here's Kale McCarr's... And it's a painful conversation because forward defense. Yeah. yeah. According to at Josh Simpson 77 on Twitter... It's a great tweet. Kale McCarr's hockey resume so far, Jesse, to support your argument. Yeah. 19 Hobie Baker, 20 Calder, 22 Consmyth, 22 Stanley Cup, 22 Norse, two-time first-team NHL All-Star, averages a point a game thus far over his NHL career, and he's 23. <laughs> 23 is ridiculous. <laughs> he's ridiculous. That's, uh, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I, <laughs> um, Nathan McKinnon saying that he hadn't won shit last year. Um, I looked up the written version of the question that was posed to him oh that we all remember last i year. remember the answer i don't remember the question i'm just thinking out loud in your shoes right oh, now fuck all right we've done all we can do we've <laughs> done all the game planning maybe just fuck it we'll go in next year and not think and just win this thing when we don't think that much am i on the right path at all with this <laughs> like maybe this guy's thinking too much that's Adrian, is that Adrian Dater? Yes, it is. Nathan McKinnon responds, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I remember yeah. that question. That was wild. Uh, yeah. the, I've uh, had I questions think, get away from me. I <laughs> think the shit. actual uh, we hadn't won shit came from like 32 thoughts, I'm pretty sure. Not <laughs> no, no. It was, a, it was a press conference question. It was like he was, it was, like was, he was in front of people. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I thought it was an extension of that one. It, but it, wasn't, it had nothing to do no, with that. It was no, just, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, followed by the, one of the most genuinely disgusted looks I've ever seen from yeah. an NHL player. Oh, God. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at who was on. <laughs> he said, fuck it, in the middle of a press press conference question. <laughs> oh, you know who was an Av? 
I forgot about this. Claude Lemieux. Rob Blake. Yes. Would you put him on the top five? No. All time? No. He was really good with the Avs. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think he was an Av long enough. You don't think so? No. When McKinnon is all said and done, yeah, and this is, this is the thing with the Matthews conversation we had. Mm-hmm. We're predicting the future here. If both... But I'm Mc- asking right now. And by the way, Rob Blake was an Av for five years. If McKinnon and McCarr continue their career on their current trajectory and this is their only cup mm-hmm. i think it's probably sakic forsberg wah in whatever order you want mckinnon mccarr okay that makes sense they got the cup it's good yeah it's good <laughs> yeah they got the cup that's good okay I'm, I'm just trying to pull from the 1996 team here what do we have do we have uh hey duke yui croup sylvian lefave curtis lecision yeah you know that it's interesting for a team that was, I guess they were pretty dominant all the way through the lineup, they really didn't have, with the exception of Rob Blake and Ray Bork for those flashpoints, they didn't have like a long-term defenseman who was like a Kale McCarr. Krupp was unreal on the 96 run. He was. Unreal. And, and then, then he, he decided, the Stanley Cup winning goal. decided he didn't want to play hockey much anymore. He said, you know what? I'm going to do the most avalanche thing I can do and shaft the Red Wings. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He signed a four-year contract with the Red Wings and just never played. Punched out. And he, I, they, uh, they caught him at a dog sledding tournament. Do you know this story? Uh, yes, you've told this before. Yeah, they, ta- they caught, he was on ESPN at a dog sledding tournament when he was supposed to be out with a back injury. <laughs> so, pretty, pretty wild. Pretty wild. Um, uh, Greg Wyshynski put up an amazing article at ESPN.com this morning. Uh, uh, and... It, it sort of kind of encapsulates Nathan McKinnon, and I wanted to kind of do a spotlight on this, just a couple of the quotes. This is what Joe Sackick had to say about him. said, he doesn't smile too often. <laughs> He's all business. But you could just see how excited he was to lift it, Stanley Cup. I'm so excited for him. Maybe now he can relax, enjoy summer a little bit. Um, no. Uh, Ian Cole said, Kale McCarr has all the talent in the world, but Nate was still pushing him. Uh, this is when Kale McCarr jumped onto the team. Tell him he was telling him he wasn't good enough, asking him what he was doing on the ice, telling him you got to be better than this on the power play or whatever. And Kale is one of the best young players in the league. Uh, he said, when you surround yourself with people that make you better, you automatically elevate yourself. And that's what uh, the culture that Nate was trying to build. And then Zadorov obviously had this famous quote two years ago in Colorado. He got rid of all the pop ice cream and desserts. He got rid of them from the dressing room and the pregame meals. He even got rid of white sauce for pasta. He replaced actual pasta itself with chickpea pasta. He said, guys, if you want to eat crap, you got the off season for that. When you come here, there will be none of that because we're winning the cup. And, uh, <laughs> and then apparently uh, there'd be guys on the team, and this is, I think, according to Ian Cole, where he wouldn't pull any punches. He'd be like, You're, you are fat. Stop eating shit. Um, and oh, in his wow. defense, he's not wrong. He's just so blunt and honest. He doesn't pull any punches. He's like, I, I don't give a shit. Um, I, I want to win the cup. It's very East Coaster. Like, fired up East Coaster. Yeah. I feel well, like... Most East Coasters, they're, they're very polite. Polite? Yeah, but they don't pull any punches. Mm. They 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 don't have any time for bullshit. No, especially no. not number one bullshit. Yeah, Maritime's more like I don't have any Maritime for your bullshit. That's how that's how Nathan McKinnon rolls. I wonder how Cogliano reacted to the chickpea pasta because that's uh, I don't know. I is don't that offensive? It's it is frankly. Yeah, it is. And like I've been in the league longer than you, and I've been having pasta this whole time. 
My favorite story from Ty Domi's book, aside from when he knocked out Ed Belfort, um, was that he used to try to nap before games and he couldn't do it. And he would lie there and be like, why can't I nap? I'm not nervous. And the reason is because he would have two giant bowls of pasta. And after his career was over, he discovered he had a gluten intolerance. Oh, wait, so his stomach would be upset or what? Yeah. Wow. He had a gluten intolerance his whole career, and he would have two bowls of pasta before every game. That's, they used to tell you to carb load before a game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, generations of hockey players had pasta and something before every game. And, you're, and now they're like, uh, yeah, definitely don't do that. <laughs> no. And now they're like chickpea pasta. Nathan Amazing. Um, Nas gets his cup uh, along with the great quote, which was... Uh, want- my ass. <laughs> if you thought I was a playoff liability, you could kiss my ass. And listen, he deserved that moment. He was also a playoff liability. Yeah. But I'm thrilled for him. Absolutely yep. thrilled for him. And you know what's funny is that you look at all the you look at all the fan bases online responding to that tweet and they're like, Yeah, fuck Toronto, go Naz. I'm like, you guys fucking hate Nas. And everybody in Toronto's like, Yeah, go Nas. Like we're we're happy. We're happy for him. There was a lot of cognitive dissonance. You think there, so? Just from everybody. I, I, a lot of people needed to pick what they were saying. Yes. Last night. Yeah, because the next time, wherever he ends up next year, the next time Nazem Kadri and the rest of his team show up, you're not going to like him very much. No. He's had six playoff runs. The three in which he was not suspended went really well. The well. The 2013 one didn't go so well. But it was it but almost he, went well. He played well. He played amazing. Almost had the series winning goal, except the defense behind him uh, shat the bed. Uh, the 2020 bubble, Nazem Kadri, was unfathomable. And the only reason uh, I could fathom it is because Nathan McKinnon was even better. Right. And then this year, yeah. Like, amazing. Gronk battles through it. Dude got kicked out of three playoffs for two different teams. It's crazy. Sorry, like his name's on the cup forever. Now, see, wonder if he could have had more. Did you guys see that clip of his dad lifting the cup? So good. Was it good? Yeah. Oh, Sam is a very popular figure in this city, and you know, it's it's a story that I think Sam relates to. Uh, A guy grew up cheering for the Montreal Canadiens. Ends up winning a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> I, I think it's perfect. That's poetic. I think it's perfect. Yeah, uh, there's a story, Jesse. Um, uh, I'm not sure how many people are aware of the Tom Cochran song "Big Leagues," but it's about a, a dad being proud of his son making, never the, making the big leagues. Can you sing it in its uh, entirety? No, I can't. But uh, when apparently when Kadri when they were going to the hospital and Nas was going to be born, that song was playing on the radio, and his his dad Sam said he never forgot it, uh, which I thought was really cool. And then so. he did. And then <laughs> and he won. And it was a very, very cool. Now, I have to ask this. Joe Sackick. He really ought to be fired. Is it our worst take of all time? Our. Did we no. not have it? No, it's Steve's no, tweet no, 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 no. from 2017. Uh, June 28th, 2017. I agreed with you. I, so I can't, I can't sit here on my high A lot of people who were quiet yesterday did. But that's okay. <laughs> and listen. I left up an all-timer bad tweet 
because I am not a pants shitting baby. <laughs> what is the and, and a lot of pe- although although Pete Blackbird did accuse you of that once or twice uh, during the Boston series. That's all right. That's all right. And he was on the ice last night. <laughs> yes, after he was. The win. Congrats yeah. to Pete. That's awesome. Um, you know, so I tweeted, Joe Sackick really ought to be fired. Look at this nonsense. And then I linked to the Colorado Avalanche cap friendly page. Here's the problem with that. Uh, the tweet is still up five years later and it just links to their current cap friendly page. Oh no. Which is actually quite good. Yeah. And I left it up and in the weeks leading, Jesse's got it up right now in the weeks leading to this moment for the Colorado Avalanche, I knew this was coming because the internet makes people painfully unfunny and predictable. Uh, but I just decided to leave it up and let people have their fun. I was going to get it anyway. And then I got retweeted by freezing cold takes. Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a tough night for you, boy. Oh, yeah. It was a really tough night and can't help but notice that. Uh, listen, I tell you what. <laughs> I got to say. I tell you what. What? What? What do you got to say? Five years. Okay. At what point does a freezing cold take, like, honestly, like, I feel like, isn't there an expiration on that? Five years is an eternity. No. No. Like, unless you're like, this player will never be good. No. Then you could, then that lasts forever. How many many followers does freezing cold take? Oh, a lot. Uh, 529. Oh, my God. 92. And and their comment section is amazing. (laughs) Their comments are just hilarious. <laughs> five ninety two, but they do the point six k. It so bothers me. Five six hundred thousand followers. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it a tough night for yeah. your boy. It was just a retweet, though. They didn't like, they didn't uh, like flame you or anything. You know, it was just a simple retweet onto their. Oh, page. it was just a retweet. Yeah, but oh man, okay. So when they <laughs> the first when I first noticed it had been retweeted. I noticed that the original tweet had a hundred retweets. It's sitting at two nineteen right now. I think it's going to be a tough few days. Well, like I don't know. Own it. Yeah, Own it. The, wear at, it. When I you was, said this at the time, they were the worst team in the National Hockey League. Forty-eight points. They finished dead last. Forty-eight points, and I wasn't convinced they were going to get better in a hurry. Yeah. Um. I. I don't think we thought Kale McCarr was going to be this good. Well, I don't and think six fast. other teams did because I think he was fourth. drafted. Yeah, oh, he's fourth, yeah. fourth, but still okay, three other teams. It, exactly right. You draft that draft. He's going number one all year. Um, and Joe Sakic made some unreal trades. And uh, in the time since I made that tweet, if Joe Sakic calls your phone, like throw out the phone. Yeah, throw out the phone. Yeah. Tony Soprano, snap that shit in half, put it in a garbage can, and throw the garbage can in the lake. Uh, two second round picks for Devon Taves. When I, that was man, when that trade happened, everybody's like, "What the fuck?" Oh yeah, what did they call my team? The Duchesne trade. Yeah, um, getting you know, Sam Gerrard and Kale McCarr out of that. So he was that Kale McCarr pick originally an Ottawa pick? Yep. Ooh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, they they had they swapped fourth overall picks basically because remember the Sens had the choice, right? 
Um, so they basically basically passed up Kale McCarr for Brady Kachuk. So I'm looking at the uh, tw- 2017 wow. NHL draft, and I remember this draft really well because the Leafs had like it was for the first time they they hadn't had like they were not in the top ten for a while. Like yeah. I, I think Lilligren was that draft for the Leafs. 2017. Yes, yeah, and said McCarr was 18 was Sandine. I think I think so. Yeah. So, but I'm looking at it now. Heischer, Patrick, Heiskanen, McCarr, and then Pedersen. And it's funny. They said wow. at the time, oh, weak draft, weak draft. Like he's sure actually good. extremely strong. That's a pretty strong draft. And you know, to be honest with you, um, I, I always feel like be weary when they say weak draft. Yeah. Like all of these guys, with the exception of weak, weak scouting, Shane Bowers, Shane Bowers has not yet played in the NHL, but almost every guy in the NH in that, in that draft has played over 50 games in the first round. Yeah. It's, and a lot of them are over 100. It's, it's not bad. Something like 250 players available. Oh, yeah, the draft is bad. No, draft is bad. You're bad. The leads are weak. You're weak. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so then, um, okay. Now, I want to ask if you guys saw this. We can run this, bec- I believe. Or no, can't. No, it's, I is guess. Is it tech- from the game? It's game footage. We can't run it. Ah. Yeah. But did you guys see with 25 seconds left, Nikita Kucherov skating to the bench? looking for his stick, and then whipping his gloves at the equipment trainer on the bench. I, th- I think you need to be uh, really careful with how often you use this. He lost his mind. He lost his mind. He, th- standing on the ice, threw his gloves at the trainer during play with less than 30 seconds to go in a deciding game in the Stanley Cup final. Nikita Kucherov lost his mind. And, th- and that's the dichotomy of Nikita Kucherov. 2019 regular season, wins MVP. 2019 playoffs, things aren't going his way. He loses his baby temper and gets suspended and quits on his team. There were rumors that summer of Nikita Kucherov getting traded. Remember that? I do. I do. Yeah, that's wild. Next year, the Lightning win in the bubble. Mm-hmm. The next year. And he doesn't play. And, and, or no, well, he plays. The, the following, following year, year, he doesn't play. After winning the cup. He doesn't play, comes back, is the most dominant player in the playoffs. And this year, uh, despite being Tampa's leading scorer in the playoffs, he quit. He quit before the final whistle. He did. I don't, I don't think he quit at all. I think, I think there was a, a point in that game last night where... Tampa lost it overall as a as a group. After that second goal, if you remember how much they were arguing with arguing? the refs and <laughs> Patrick Maroon. Okay, let me let me just recap what happened. Patrick Maroon two hands slashed a man in the in the foot and broke his own st- and broke his stick against it. Two hands slashed Josh Manson, broke his stick and had the balls to scream at the ref yeah. after because Belmar flopped. Yeah. He grabbed on Josh Manson's stick and flopped, shamedly flopped. Didn't get the call, cost his team the Stanley Cup. Looks good on you. Should have re-signed. Then, Stamkos fires the puck at Gord Dwyer. Yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah. That's no, a game So, so the, the idea that Kucherov lost his goal is not Kucherov, it's the team. The whole team. The team melted down halfway through. So I, I don't think we, we blame Kucherov. Kucherov, in that moment, is just an extension of everything that's going on around him. Yes. And, and the trainer's not there ready with a stick for him but going he up wears, the other end of the ice. He wears an A, though. Yeah. And, and Stamkos wears a C. Yeah, so... You know, I wouldn't I, trust Nikita Kucherov to talk to the ref. 
Yeah, no. So he's, the he's an he extension a of everybody for? else. You yeah, know, I, I think I think everybody lost it. Everybody lost it, and the Lightning should have ended that game with ten forwards. Stamco should have been kicked out of the game. Maroon should have been kicked out of the game. But it's the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, None of us nothing, expect that. Unless somebody got shot in the head, like nobody, <laughs> yeah, they're not true. calling a penalty. And I called this when Makar took that penalty twenty three seconds into the game. Uh, Colorado takes a penalty. It's it's. Game six and seven of the Stanley Cup final is fucking anarchy. McCarr takes a penalty, so what's going to happen? The good news for Colorado is that's your last penalty of the game. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, they played over 59 and a half minutes of infraction-free hockey, and good for them, I say. All right. And that means the next penalty is going to Tampa. It does, um, because Ryan McDonough tried to fold Darren Helm in half backwards. and. <laughs> In the third period, there's no call. Easiest. You could do it. You could do it. I could do it. Anybody listening could do it. And I say this with all the disrespect I can muster in my mind, body, and soul. Any human being could officiate a game six or game seven of the Stanley Cup final. One team gets one penalty in one period. The other team gets another penalty in the second period, third period in overtime, nothing. Nothing. Too many men, you didn't see it. High stick, you didn't see it. Puck over the glass. The what what puck? There was no puck. Go grab one out of your pocket. They might call the puck over the glass. They might. And then the ref is going to be like rushing into your space and trying to get you to throw the puck over the glass just so that it's even. Officiating in this league is shocking. Shocking. NHL officials better send uh, just gift baskets, chocolates, one of those fruit Instagrams, whatever, to MLB umpires because they're the only reason they're not the biggest joke in professional sports. Okay. MLB umpires are disgraceful. Yeah, that's bad. But any one of us, any, your, your mom, your grandma, your dad, your grandpa, your, your dog, if they know how to skate, could officiate a, uh, an elimination game in the Stanley Cup final. There's a rule book. We've all known it. I've known it since I was a little boy. So of all of you, there are no rules. So I don't know what Tampa was yelling and screaming about. Right. Guys, you got your call. One. Right. One. You got your call. Don't try to. What is Belmar doing trying to draw one? Well, and are you dumb? After the Colorado goal. John Cooper, again, takes another five minutes to decide whether or not he's going to challenge it or not. They were allowed to do whatever the fuck they wanted. And, and, I mean, the he's whole game. True lawyer fashion, right? He's, you could tell he's lawyers. He's, he's pushing the rules as far as he can. The NHL does have to do something about that he's, next year. They he, cannot allow that to continue. The officials had no control over the game. Well, it's just, just say, sorry, John, you're out of time. No. Yeah, uh, but I wanted to talk no, about... No, because the- what if they don't get any signed sticks? <laughs> what are you talking about? What if they don't get any signed sticks and pal up and be buddy-buddy with those guys? You know, they're peers. What if they don't have the approval of their peers? They're not your peers. What if they're Call pre- a fucking game. Hey, man, you got to play cards together in Vegas. Oh, now whoa. I, I want to I do, I do talk about this Kucherov thing because to me, because there's 25 seconds left there, right? And yes, Roughly. yeah, there was some meltdown moments. Like I, Stamkos doing that to Gord Dwyer. I was shocked at that. Shocked at that. But Kucherov throwing his gloves, there, was, there were people online defending this saying, well, the equipment manager's job is to know that, uh, that he needs a new stick. Guys. It's 25 seconds left. Okay, maybe he missed his assignment. Uh, 
But at the end of the day, like, I, if you're the lightning, you can't let that happen, right? You can't let what happen? You can't let you can't let your star players whip shit at their at the equipment staff. Yeah, and he'll get he'll get us talking to. You know, but like Nikita, we didn't like that. Anyway, have a good summer. <laughs> yeah, like what are we asking for them to do uh, here? Suspend them? No, I'm not asking that. But I'm just I. That's it's this just not a hockey. good look. This is hockey. We know how it works. Kucherov's gonna get a talking to. Uh, a lot of the people on the team will silently agree they're not gonna let go of that equipment manager because they don't like the optics. They'll wait a year and then they're probably gone. That's how it's gonna go. Is that how it goes? Market. Wow. All right. Uh, Corey Perry loses his third straight Stanley Cup. Dallas, Montreal, and now Tampa Bay. Now, he does have a cup. He does have an MVP. He does have probably a a resume that gets you into the Hall of Fame, I would think. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude, Mm -hmm. he's got a cup. He's got a heart trophy. Yeah, gold medals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a a Hall of Famer. I say ha-ha not for the lightning. I say ha-ha because Corey Perry is a worm. Yeah, and, and that's and his nickname. You he's have, earned it. You have to be. You have to hate Corey Perry if he's not on your team. You it's have a compliment. To. It's. I was talking about it in my cup check video yesterday. Uh, like what he did with Kemper's water bottle. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. He took it out and threw it on the ice. No, he didn't. He he's, he just sort of went. Meh. Like he, bat, <laughs> he batted it like a cat knocking a piece right. of fruit off a counter or something. Like <laughs> any like a jerk, like a bully, would take that bottle and like throw it mm-hmm. or something or slam it to the ice it's just the way he just me the way the way he it's not even i don't know how to describe it adam i don't know what words to attribute it to it or uh, what words to attribute to it but when i saw him do that i was like oh i hate that why do i hate that so much so few players in the league can make me feel that way. i feel like what it is is that he, it's gonna make you go over and pick it up you know what i mean it's like, a compliment like like it's it's like pick that up Let's go pick that up. The day I like Corey Perry is the day he should retire. Yeah. It's a compliment that I hate his guts. Um, Pat Maroon loses his first Stanley Cup in four straight appearances. Pretty impressive. Man. Um, McDavid and Dryside will finish 1-2 in playoff scoring. Still? Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. They played 16 games apiece. 32, sorry, 33 points for McDavid, 32 for Dreisaitl. And McCarr was third in points with 29 um, and Evander Kane finishes tied for number one in goal scoring in the playoffs with Nathan McKinnon, 13 goals. Wow. That Just one-timer finally worked. Crazy. I've been harping on that all playoffs. McKinnon had a thousand one-timer attempts. You didn't see this, but uh, after the first period, Tampa was up one nothing, and, and you, Elliot Friedman gets on. He's like, you know, I wonder if, if Nathan McKinnon just needs to get out there and just take over. And <laughs> like within the first five minutes, goal. Yep, and uh, it was a, it was a really good pick. Uh, also, I just wanted to uh, share a little bit of a funny story here before we get into you can bet that the Stanley Cup already needs repairs, and it needed repairs five minutes uh, five minutes after it being handed out. Uh, Nicholas Obey Kubel dropped it, and it's got a big old dent on the bottom. Yeah, the the dent on that thing is incredible. Yeah, it's yeah, just a pretty it's, strong one. It's like a complete ninety <laughs> degree angle on the bottom. It's not even the worst one I've seen. The, the worst one I've seen. Do you, do you remember Michael Ryder Mm-mm. with the with Dallas? No, no with uh, I think it was Boston 2011. He fucked it up like Colorado. The way they bent it, you can turn it a certain way and take photos with it and everything's fine. The way Michael Ryder dented it was the cup part of it. Oh, it just- <laughs> oh, actually, I have seen that where the, the actual 
the the chalice at the top. The the where you the, eat cereal. The yeah. cup at the top looked like Pac-Man. <laughs> he he mangled the thing. Absolutely mangled the thing. Uh, the Stanley Cup has uh, has many beauty marks. Oh, that's actually not as bad as I remember it. Jesse just pulled it up. It's still bad though. Yeah, there you go. It's still bad. It looks like a calamari. That's uh, ooh. Ooh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Silver's pretty malleable, eh? It is. Especially <laughs> when it's 100 pounds and it's falling six feet. Yep. So, yep. yeah. That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. I wonder how long it takes to get fixed. There's a story, too, where they had to fish it out of a lake or something or a river. I think the Montreal Canadiens yeah. left it at the side of the road. Did they? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then there's still the best trophy story, not to do with the Stanley Cup, but the trophy for the Australian Ice Hockey League, the AIHL. Sasky Stork came on our podcast and told this. They, uh, the original trophy is no longer with the league because it is at the bottom of Sydney Harbor. That's right. And they can't find it. <laughs> and they can't find it or don't have the resources to find it. I don't know. One day, someone is going to find that thing and be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> There you go. Uh, and with that, we're going to get into you can before, bet that. Before oh, we do that, can, oh, okay. we, can we talk about like the Avs on the ice and like their playoff run and how dominant they were? Sure. Because because I don't I don't they think... They lost four games. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, these playoffs weren't close. Like I think in not our minds, I, don't, I think them. in our minds like, oh, this great Stanley Cup run. But in, if you look at the, what the Avs did through these four rounds, lost two games max in a series, mm -hmm. 14 and 6. I think it is uh, their record. Like no, it'd be fourteen it'd be and four, sixteen and four, sixteen and four. Sorry, sixteen and four. Mm -hmm. uh, two sweeps mm -hmm. uh, for all the talk about Andre Vasilevsky versus Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper held his own in every single challenge that uh, came up to him. McKinnon, his shots per his shots per game are off the charts. If you go look at his his just shots, it's like eight, eight, nine, six. 10 like the dude did take over the way uh you said freeman said for him to take over he did every single game mm -hmm. their four check the the way they got tampa to turn over pucks man that had to be infuriating for tampa tampa wasn't allowed to be tampa mm -hmm. they weren't allowed to stretch the ice they weren't allowed to do this they weren't allowed to do that you know i would love to see these guys go head to head fully healthy both teams yeah but if ifs and butts were candy enough, because it's I, a Stanley Cup, man. I think a lot of the, uh, Tampa falling down is is the injuries. You know, once once you lose per, uh, point, and then Sorelli's hurt. You know, and yeah. and everybody's kind of feeling it. Even Kucherov at the end there, like oh, he didn't hurt. He didn't have it all. Yeah. You know, and then so they kind of ran out of room. But the Avalanche had their share of injuries along the way as well. Maroon yeah. said, uh, "We're going to be shocked when we hear the injury report." I would like it to break during the show. That'd be cool. I don't think that's gonna I, happen, but we got a show Wednesday and Thursday. Right, but you got you got Gerard out, you got Burakovsky out, you got Kadri out for a little bit. Burakovsky's there. a big one, underratedly oh, yeah. big one. Oh yeah, but like Nuchushkin steps up throughout the entire playoffs. Unbelievable. His foot was messed. We saw got, that before the game. The dude had Con Smythe talk coming in <laughs> at the beginning of the series. He was bought out in 2019. Unbelievable. Nikita Kucherov was bought out when Patrick Maroon's Stanley Cup streak began. Whoa, Think really? That. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Roughly around the same time. Um, the Top only team pick. that I can <laughs> that I can think of, Jesse, you, you were talking about like dominant runs to the uh, Stanley Cup. The only team that I could think of that is somewhat close to this 
is the 97 Red Wings. They had five losses on the way. And I remember this because I had the Hockey Town VHS tape that I watched over and over and over again. Um, and that team was popular in our neighborhood. Why? Because Chris Draper, uh, Chris Draper grew up on uh, on my street. Uh, two losses to the Blues, total sweep of the Ducks, two losses to the Abs, who their arch rivals, and then a total sweep of the Flyers. So they lost four games the entire time. That's the only other team that I could think of that was that we good. We did Kings. a pretty good exercise of this on our show when we did our top five Stanley Cup champions post lockout. We each oh, made our list. Yes. Do you remember that? You oh remember man, that? that was one of our remote episodes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But I think I think we did a good recap of the post lockout, the O four O five lockout teams that have been the most dominant. And this this now I think would enter one of those lists. This Colorado Avalanche team yeah. has would, to be. They would enter one of those top fives. But like the Kings in uh, in twenty twelve were I think we, they were either one or two on our list. I think the Red Wings in uh 08 in 08 their cup uh they were at the top for most of us and then the kings there were also at the top but yeah there's this this yeah, avalanche team now gets to enter that that pantheon because I, they were unbelievable they might be the best because red wings in 08 if we're talking post lockout they lost six games on the way including two in the cup final that roster is yeah there i think they're still the best team uh, that 08 red. Yeah, yeah, I would take that team over any other cap era team. Uh, four two to the Predators, four and oh to the Avs, uh, four two to the Stars, and four two to the Penguins with Crosby. Yeah, there were so Crosby Malkin in their younger years. That's uh, it's pretty, and I think they had Hosa too. Didn't the uh, the Pens had Hosa that year? The Pens had Hosa. Yeah, that's right because mm-hmm. he he traded off and then yeah. finally won a cup with Chicago. Yeah, wow. And then I think the last thing out of the Avalanche is Camel Cars now top three player in the league right oh man no oh man it's well it's funny because there was debate about whether or not he was even the best defenseman he won (laughs) norris but didn't get the most first place votes it's rare we see a player get individual hardware and then really put a stamp on it in the playoffs i mean he has to be in the conversation he's going to get better Top five, at least. It's terrifying. Yeah. He's 23. I'd say <laughs> top 10 at a minimum. Top 10 at a minimum. Yeah. Um, you're you're going to take 10 more players over Kale McCarr? I, I, I just don't <laughs> think so, guys. Right. And on a list of players that are going to get paid this offseason, Natushkin is going to be one of them. Mm-hmm. The other one is Andre Pilat. Andre yeah. Pilat is a free agent. There's that, a bunch of players in that. Uh, fourth in playoff goals? Come on. Yeah, like yeah. that's, oh man. Look at his career. Look at his career. Like one of the most uh, underrated players of his generation. You know, uh, there's talk about him being one of the best seventh round picks of all time. And I'm like, ah, I mean, surely there were better players drafted in the, dude, go look. Datsuk's six, right? Uh, I think Datsuk was six and Zetterberg was seven. No, Zetterberg or- was eight. Was he? Oh, oh was he? <laughs> I thought so. One of them was like in that, like around the. Yeah, desert. I forget which one. Okay, well, well, while you're looking that, Zetterberg up. was seven. He he seven. gets the crown. Yeah, yeah he, he probably to. gets yeah, the yeah. crown. But up there, set. Yeah, he's 210th overall. Wow. Anyway, Zetterberg or Palat? Uh, Zetterberg. Zetterberg. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Palat. I, I just man, mountains of respect for that guy. Someone is going to pay a fortune for Andre Palat, and somebody else is going to pay a fortune for Nishushka. You guys owe me donuts. Yes, I do. I yeah. should have brought some today. I can bring them uh, in a few days. Yeah, yeah. idiot. Avs, Avs, <laughs> understand. I got my picks right. Also, 
Friday, nailed uh, two points or more on Makar and Nachushkin. Also, Sunday, nailed three shots for Nachushkin. <laughs> Damn. The under <laughs> Avs Cup. Are you, you are you up these playoffs? Yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, it's <laughs> just, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so congratulations, Jesse. We are going to get into you. you can bet that. But one more thing, the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, somehow this is off the books, but they are still playing, paying Vincent LeCavalier. What? Just shy of $2 million every single year. It doesn't count against the cap, but just shy of $2 million every single year until 26, 27. Those compliance buyouts are wild. So as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, oh, I... Finally, we talk about uh, the team that matters. <laughs> not the Avs, not the Lightning, the Leafs. Let's go. I was shocked, shocked to wake up this morning and see Josh Anderson in my trending. And I thought, why, why, why on, my, on my Twitter, Leaf fan Adam's Twitter, would Josh Anderson be trending? And it appears as though he could be moved. Now... Fan of the sh- friend of the show, excuse me, fan of the show, friend of the show, Eric Angles, uh, he said, regarding speculation, Josh Anderson might be traded. Kent Hughes says it's not his intention to trade him, but he also won't turn away for an opportunity to make his team better. What does that sound like to you? God, it sounds like every hockey answer ever. <laughs> does that not sound like exactly the thing that uh, uh, Bergevin said when, when Subban was about to get traded? Yes, uh, it sure does. And also uh, Pacioretty and so many before them. Listen, if you need an uncomfortable decision to be made, you bring in a new guy. Uh, Bill Guerin, he didn't give uh, too much of a, a shit about the Suter and Parise contracts. Yeah. I'm going to buy him out. I'm going to make the difficult decision. I'm going to get it done. And then he does. Uh, Josh Anderson, dude, just got here. Signed this massive contract with the with the Habs. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, he was signed by the last guy. Not my yeah. guy. Not no, necessarily, anyway. Not current guy. He doesn't care. I don't think uh, he feels any loyalty uh, to this player. He doesn't have... What, what GMs can do is they will make an effort. Instead, they will make an effort to make themselves right instead of them just being right. Okay. So if let's say Josh Anderson wasn't working out in Montreal, I'm going to give him a mulligan on this year. I think people go, oh, look at this. And I go, this is, this is a, a pure goal scorer who needs support around him. And he had none. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's, let's knock it off. Here. Mm-hmm. Um, but if things weren't going well with Josh Anderson, I think Mark Bergevin would make efforts to make things work around him. Right. Kent Hughes is not going to do that. Is not going to do that unless he realizes he's forced to keep this player. Now, he still had almost 20 goals, but, you know, 32 points in 70 games is, is you, you want more. He, man, and he's, he's he got makes tools. flirt with 30 money. What, 5.5 million? He's supposed to, listen, the benchmark for what Josh Anderson has to be is Tom Wilson. And he ain't. <laughs> now, would Tom Wilson beat Tom Wilson if he didn't? play with the players he does maybe not maybe not josh anderson's a very important player on a playoff team i think i think that's that's a guy who would thrive in four rounds of playoff hockey and and be really successful 
on a deep cup run. Except well, that he had six points during the deep cup run. Last no, year. but it's it's more but, it's more his he's more about his point uh, not about his points contribution and his six foot four pound. He's two twenty five or whatever, and just being a guy who can last those rounds of playoffs and be a big body and play that kind of hockey where they're not going to call a penalty yeah. past two minutes into the game. Like Josh Anderson can, can play that hockey, and I think if anybody's player. looking to go on a deep run, like he's a good asset to get at like a trade deadline. Yep, yep. It's the problem is he's signed to. I think he's got five more years left. Yeah, on his deal. Infuriating player because he's capable of being the best player on the ice, and we've seen it several times. He, he can take over. He won a game against Vegas by himself. I, I just wonder at what point do we do we ask the question: Is Josh Anderson just? A guy who's okay, who's overpaid. Because this is a guy who has never scored more than 20 goals except for one time where he had 27. This is a guy that regularly plays between, he's like the six, 65 to 75 games in a year. Uh, unless you, you know, COVID. Injury trouble. Has yeah. had some injury trouble, but, you know, played a full season last year um, and disappeared in the back half of the year. People forget, before that Habs run to the finals... Uh, they were terrible, and Josh Anderson really started the season series or season on fire. Jo uh, Chris Johnson called him a juggernaut, and then they decidedly were not a juggernaut. And I just, I don't know. With with Josh Anderson, it's like they're the tools are there, the size is there, the physicality is there, the meanness is there, but something's going wrong in the execution. And everybody in the NHL does the galaxy brain. Ah, they couldn't figure it out, but we could. But we could. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting close to that. I'm a hundred games here, guys. I'm a hundred percent on board with Jesse, and he can be a useful player. I, I think he'll probably have more success with his next team uh, if he does get traded. Oh man, that contract! Yeah, it's, but it's really five big. more five more years. Yeah, but it, it kind of works in reverse now. Is we look at bad contracts as bad players, and yeah. that's not really how it works. No, no, no. There are players on bad contracts who are good. Right. So if you can make it work, if you're a team who can make it work, Josh Anderson could be a really useful player for you. Yeah. I don't think the Habs are going to get a whole hell of a lot, though. Yeah, especially because the contract is so long. Like, what are you going to get for him? Yeah. And, and I, I'm starting to learn, like, so much about a player thriving is fit. Like, who yes. knows what, mm -hmm. jo if Josh Anderson's on the Tampa Bay Lightning, like, we're probably <laughs> looking at him in a completely different light. If Josh Anderson's on the Colorado Avalanche, he's a different player. He was on the worst team in the National Hockey League. Mm -hmm. It's hard to grade a player when the team around them is so bad. My, my favorite one, hey, a winger who's underachieving, where's he going to go? Pittsburgh! Aww. And then they're good. Could work. <laughs> Zucker yeah. for Anderson. Make it happen. You know? I, Actually... There might be Again, there. The, the, there's stuff there that you go, wow, that would be that would be great. Um, apparently, the Edmonton Oilers are interested. If they can't sign Evander Kane, I love it. They want to go after him. But what that also means, and this is what um, this is at brand new out of Edmonton uh, this morning, actually. Oh my god, they're going. David Staples at the Edmonton Journal has predicted that the Oilers are probably going to have to move Tyson Berry. Uh, he said, Evan Bouchard and Cody Cece have quote proved superior to Berry at even strength, which duh. Um, because Barry's not great at even he's sort of a rover guy, right? Um he also argues that Barry still has value to the Oilers, but there are ten to fifteen teams in search for an offensive right shot defenseman. Uh remember Barry re-signed a three year deal last summer. He did have forty one points in seventy three games this year. You almost wonder because they're they're gonna try to clear space for Evander Kane. They've only got seven million bucks clear right now. 
So they so that's why Tyson Berry moving makes sense. But if they don't, I mean Josh Anderson, if he could if he could skate with McDavid, could be pretty cool. Oh my god. And he can. He can. He's capable of skating that speed. I'm just I'm just gearing up. I cannot wait for Anderson for Pooley Well, they also have said that that Edmonton Media, one of Anderson or Puyarvi are probably gone. One of Sir, not Anderson. No, no. Yamamoto or uh Yamamoto or or Puyarvi are probably oh, gone. Oh my god, I have a really great idea. Keep both. <laughs> They're both good and cheap. What what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't screw this up. All you have to do is the easiest thing with this, which is nothing. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, my God. I don't get it. Of all the problems the Oilers have to deal with, that's not one of them. Yeah. Uh, Frank Saravalli said, it's a safe bet that one of these players will not be returning to the Oilers next season. Why? Both are fan favorites, but both require new deals. Likely both raises. And GM Ken Hall had acknowledged that Edmonton will have to watch every dollar. Quote, Am I willing to trade some assets in a deal that will make us better? Yes, I am, he said Wednesday. Edmonton's preference would be to keep Yamamoto, but he would also net a bigger return because he's good. Yamamoto. That's what they said. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating when they make all the wrong moves and go right back to the Western Conference final. (laughs) Another interesting thing involving uh, Edmonton and uh, Montreal, obviously we know the Weber deal moved. Uh, so something like the Weber deal, but this time Oscar Clefbaum. Right. Oh, there man, are no, I keep forgetting about him. No current plans for him to reser- resume his career. So Oscar Clefbaum, one season left. If you've got to be an LTIR, $4.17 million, not bad. I would be curious to know what the actual money is. Because with all these, now it. that we're in off-season mode, right? And we're talking about players who have time left on their deal. Clefbaum, $5.169 million. That's actually an extraordinarily unappealing deal. Yeah, yeah. So, but you only get $4 million in cap space. It, it also like, might all be insured. So if it it's insured, insured who's yeah. paying it. It might know? all be insured. I, 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 I do have to think about this team. We need to talk about, we need to say to Puckpedia and Cap Friendly, that's your next, that's your next one. What? You guys get your ass out there and find out whether these contracts are insured. As if oh. you don't have enough. Because that does play in. It does. It's actually a huge factor. You're 100% right. It's also difficult information to find in a yeah. lot of cases. Well, listen. What, you have to think about this team, and I know we do this every year, but I, I, I think this year it's very important. The Arizona Coyotes don't have players. Yes. yes. Well, I, I saw, I saw an Huff article. I read an article that, saying, would because there's, there's talk now, too, about Blake Wheeler being out in, in Winnipeg as well. It's, is Pierre he going to go to the team who drafted him? Pierre-Luc Dubois um, uh, doesn't want to stay there beyond the next two years, at least at this point. Uh, Shifley was pretty pointed in his comments, and now it, people around the team are saying, well, Blake Wheeler could benefit from a change of scenery. So does Blake Wheeler go to the Coyotes? It's <laughs> like, does he accept a trade? Because he's got a modified no trade. First of all, Jesse has the Coyotes cap-friendly page up. Their draft picks page looks like a poker table. <laughs> there are so many circles. They have seven picks, seven Ooh. picks in the first two rounds. And I believe, don't they get a pick, a third rounder for Darcy Kemper? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, maybe? I don't know. It's not there on the board right now. Okay. Well, they got Oh, yeah. It. It's this one here. Yeah. In 2024. Oh, in 2024. Yep. Whatever. Um, 
if the problem is, dude, they don't have any money. They don't have any money and they're not going to make any money. So they need to get relatively cheap players. This is why, you know, uh, you know, just to name a player, Alex Kerfoot mm. makes some sense. Any player who makes less than their cap hit makes some sense. I also think the Coyotes are going to be kind of fun to watch the more I think about it because players are going to get an opportunity to play in the NHL who usually wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know a guy who I hope plays NHL games next year? Liam Kirk. Yeah. I, I can't remember if I mentioned that on a previous episode, but first ever British born and uh, born trained, born and trained player to be drafted into the NHL could become uh, an NHL regular next season. You never know. And then the team you might want to watch for this uh, is Detroit. Even though they made some strides this year, they are not going to hit the cap floor, at least at this point. It could be big spenders. Projected, projected thirty five point seven million in cap space. Yeah, that ain't saying the same. Obviously, but you know what's crazy about Detroit too? The longest term deal that I can find on the roster is Robbie Fabry, who is on LTI. Um, and then you've got Bertuzzi, Suter, Sunquist, Ernie, uh, and Dylan Larkin all up after this season. You have an enormous amount of space now and later. They could improve their team dramatically right now. You know, we've been looking at Steve Eisenman and going, what, what are you even doing here? Like, what, what are you? Mm-hmm. And I don't remember him sitting on his hands a whole bunch in Tampa. I think he could be poised for a very big move. Uh, many of them um, that we're not anticipating because he doesn't say anything. Yeah. He's, he comes from the Lou Lamorello school of if you leak something, I'll kill you. And uh, Detroit could really, really surprise. Ten draft picks this year. Uh, four in the first three rounds for them. And eight, sorry, seven in the first four rounds. So Detroit's going to be one to watch. Um, Patrice Bergeron, it looks as though, may be back next year for one more kick at the can. Joe McDonald or Joey McHockey on Twitter said, uh, hearing Patrice Bergeron has decided to return likely on a one-year deal with the Bruins. Can I... Can I uh ask a question no someone asked me of course please they said would you hate if the leafs got him at the trade deadline bergeron yeah would i hate if the leafs got bergeron yeah no i think i want to say it was drew no it might not have been why would i hate that well here's here's what i'm gonna throw out he's not available well, yeah, Boston will never trade him. If the Bruins were in last place, he wouldn't be available. No. I think he'd ride out the season. He, he has a cup. He's a lifelong Bruin. He's a lifelong Bruin. He's not going to do the Medano thing. He's not going to do the Alfredson thing. Um, this isn't a Ray Bork situation. I'm going to throw it out there that I would be uncomfortable with Bergeron playing anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not in the realm of possibility. Like, I don't think it's something we're looking or doing speculating on like it's probably it's not happening no the you know and i don't boston's gonna have some uh adversity especially to start next season they're gonna be fine they'll be in the mix for the playoffs probably make it it's one last kick at the can bergeron's not going anywhere Mm-hmm. And when he does, it'll be retirement. Um, Timothy Lilligren, uh, we mentioned it off the top of the show, Woo! but he has re-signed for two years, $1.4 million each year, which is pretty healthy. Um, and he'll be an RFA when it expires. That's right. And his qualifying offer, thanks to Puckpedia for messaging me with this. Uh, they've been amazing. Um, 
they have to offer him 1.5 million bucks just to qualify him in a couple of years. So that's really solid. Um, and you can, you can bury almost that much. Oh yeah, well it's nothing. Dom Lecision said uh, Timothy Lilligren was third among defenders in expected goal last expected goals last season. So naturally, he broke the model. Uh, he's nowhere near this good, according to Dom's model, and Dom's got his model up. But he said one point four million dollars is a steal since the expectation is replacement level at that price. So like he is better than a replacement level player. Yes. Um. But what what is Timothy Lilligren's actual role in 106 days when we go back to playing hockey again and watching the Leafs? Uh, I think in order for the Leafs to have success, he needs to evolve into a top four defender. Um, he did a little bit of, a little bit more sinking than swimming in that category. Especially, it seemed as though the Leafs, whether rightly or wrongly, it seemed as though Keith kind of lost, I don't want to say patience, but lost confidence in him in the postseason a little bit. Yeah, at the, at the first sign of trouble, he was happy to throw him aside for Justin Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was a coach going right back to his security blanket. Hall's just he's a little more useful because he plays the PK. Like that's I think I feel like that's just how Keith looks at it. It's kind of point blank. Lilligren whether plays that's the PK right or too, not, it's just that he trusted Hall. It, right, he, he has Hall on the PK unit, so he's just like that's his spot. So there's the answer. Yeah, Lilligren has to get better on the PK. Um, and one place where I noticed when he was getting more ice time that he was pretty weak in front of the net. And uh, that was a, that was a team wide problem that got better when they got Labushkin. boy, uh, Lilligren was not a useful player in front mm-hmm. of the net. That was something that got better and he's a young player. He's going to get better mm-hmm. uh, in all categories. Um, pay attention. You're going to listen. You, what an internship. You get to play with Mark Giordano. <laughs> Not yeah. bad. And you get to watch Morgan Riley play hockey every night. Yeah, it's there's worse ways to be, man. There's worse ways to be. Um, and, you know, if the Leafs do get rid of Jake Muzzin, it's going to be even more hard or more difficult uh, to move bodies in front of the net uh, at five on five and on the penalty kill. So that's where he's got to get better. Moving the puck, creating offense. Even neutral zone defense, I have no concern mm. with Timothy Lilligren. You got to move some bodies, though. Interesting. Okay. And uh, I don't expect Labushkin to come back because the contract's just going to be too much. And I don't think there's room on the cap. So there's an opening for Lilligren if he if, wants more time in the lineup. Like there's going to be an extra spot. If Hall gets moved, they could bring back Labushkin. Mm hmm. I don't know what the Leafs want back there. I'm not going to lie. It's sort of hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we might keep Muzzin or trade him. We might keep Sandine or trade him. Yeah, it's I'm very confused. CJ's been talking a little about Sandine on the on the Chris Johnson show and I think there's it's sort of like I cuz everybody's like, "Well, Sandine's got to be next." And I just don't know. He was also the first guy we heard talk about Muzzin. So I don't know where they're leaning. I don't know where they're leaning. Uh, you know what could happen? What? A big trade while we're in Montreal at the draft. I think that's well, I mean, we always say that's pretty much a guarantee, and then we go through an entire first round, and there's no fucking trades. Like, I we don't... <laughs> have a trade to announce, and we all go, "Oh!" And so uh, they trade pick twenty-seven for picks thirty-three and thirty-nine, and we go, "Boo, boo!" I bet they're figuring out which boring trades to make right now. Yeah, I can't wait to see the boring trades. Um, the qualifying offer for Sandine is only eight hundred and seventy-four grand, but he's going to command more than that. 
yeah. just for the contract. So it's going to be a little pricey. I don't know. Can we point uh, something out that we uh, forgot in the we can't. Avalanche Lightning? Of course, oh, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. You know what we might not see is Gary Bettman say we have a trade to announce. Because he has coronavirus? Uh, supposedly he tested positive for COVID, and that's why Bill Daly handed out the Yeah, cup. but yeah. that's, that's we a got, week and a half from now. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. time. But There's we time. got um, back-to-back commissioners not being able to hand out the trophy because Adam Silver had to miss uh, handing oh, out yeah, the I NBA hate. championship because he also he tested positive oh, like right before brutal. Uh, that game six. And then we had Gary Bettman test positive right before this game six. And let's see if Goodell can make it to the Super Bowl. No, it would be huh. Rob Manfred to uh, the World Series would the, be the next the, one. The one thing that everybody is, is starting to really notice, I've always thought this is weird too. Every time I watch the Super Bowl award, it is it goes to the owner. I'm so glad in hockey uh, they do give it to the, the captain. It's so weird. And like when they did that with the Raptors too, right? They yeah, the, all the yeah. other leagues, they do owner first. Boo. Yeah. I, Stan Kroenke just won two championships in the span of three months. He owns the Rams and the Avalanche. Boo. But yeah. he he's he probably pissed he didn't get to touch the cup though, isn't he? He didn't win the Stanley Cup, you know? He just that, owns the team that won the Stanley Cup. <laughs> like you just you know, you get up there with your shattered body, you've gotten x rays after every game, you blocking shots and here's some old guy. Yeah. Hoisting the trophy before you. Boo. It was weird to see like they're battling. Steph Curry has this unbelievable series and then he's not the first one to be handed the trophy. (laughs) You know, they give it to the... Oh, but they gave him the MVP. I'm sure that'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, it's not the image anybody remembers. Like, did Larry Tenenbaum get the trophy first? Yes, he did. Okay. So I don't remember that. All anyone remembers is Kyle Lowry looking down at Larry OB like it was a newborn baby. And just, oh, oh, I'm going to go back and watch that when I get home. There you go. It was, oh, yeah. just I think so- warm and fuzzy. Soccer, football around the world, they do it uh, players first they as do. well. So, I like uh, the way they do it because they do the, uh, yeah, so much and fun. And they have the, the fireworks and stuff confetti. behind them. Yeah, and the confetti. It's really cool. Well, this is where it gets to be fun season because, uh, uh, A, and it's not fun for the players, but you do get to f- see the injury report and go, oh, my God, I have so much respect. Yes. Uh, and then number two, we get to start to t- really get into trade rumors and some draft speculation and stuff as well. Like, you know, what are these players actually going to be? So I think there's going to be um, uh, there's going to be lots and lots of content. Uh, but this week, I want to let you know before we get into the press conference here. Um, first off. You guys have to do a recap of Saturday Night with Eric Young. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I want to talk. Let's let's talk about that first. Let's get to that. How was that? Because it looked insane. Well, should we, first of all, should we talk about what happened and why you weren't there? I wasn't there because I thought he meant July 25th, not June 25th. <laughs> and you realized mid-interview? Yeah, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> he said on the 25th, and I'm like, well, that's too early for, no, he must mean July. Idiot. Oh, no. So it, I, was, it was such an adventure. It, oh, my It feels gosh. like a lot. It, it, first of all, they put on a great show, the Greek Town Wrestling. So they call it Greek Town because it's in the Danforth. You yes. Know, Greek Town Wrestling. That's why. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to remember who came out first. Uh, Taylor Wilde was second. Who had the first match? Oh, man. It's hard because th- I think we saw some of the pre-show. Yeah, yeah. As well. Anyways, let's, let's run a couple, of the, a couple of the characters that uh, were wrestling on Saturday are some things that I've never seen. So, Adam, there was one wrestler who's called Space Monkey. <laughs> All right. His, what was his thing? His gimmick is that he's a space monkey. So he wears a monkey mask and he has a tail 
and he's from outer space, and he does not talk, and his tail is also a part of uh, his weaponry. So he hits guys. Whack! That's his finishing move. He hits guys in the head with his, with but his also, tail. But also, it's a very long tail, mm-hmm. so like it goes down past his feet, but he does a lot of stuff off the top rope. So every time he climbs, I'm like, that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a dad. True dad. At any point, anybody running around the ring could trip on the tail. Right. And then there was a tag team called the main event oh. where they said, coming out at a w- uh, combined height of 12 feet, 10 inches tall. And I thought to, I did some quick math and I'm like, that's just two Jessies. <laughs> and I thought it was going to be like a seven foot dude with a little dude. No, just two six foot five guys. Yeah. Who were like <laughs> 275 each. And they, they were large. And they lost their three way tag match to. Halal Beefcake. Halal Beefcake, <laughs> who I wanted a shirt for so bad. They were out of my size. Halal Beefcake. They come out with <laughs> they come out with a big uh, thing of protein powder. Yeah. And the oh, the the other tag team in that match, sabotage. Mm-hmm. They tried to throw the protein powder in their in their face. They tried to use it as a weapon, but it backfired and they got they got themselves in the eyes, Adam. The heels halal, got their comeuppance. Halal Beefcake's uh, a gimmick is that they're really built, you know, and they're yeah, they're, they're, they're workout guys. Okay, and, they did push up. And one match. of the guys on his trunks, he had uh, the genetic lottery. You know? Oh my god, <laughs> that's and awesome! They, and then right. they had the protein powder and everything. Yeah, and then we got to uh, we also saw Santino Morella, Santino which was Marella. special for you because why? Uh, because. I liked his work in the WWE. Well, yes, but it was mostly special for me because he is a character on Miss Persona, which is a show on Treehouse TV in Canada, and Leo loves it. And Jesse, <laughs> you got to see me do this. Yes. I got to tell him, hey man, big fan of your wrestling, but also my two-year-old son is a fan of you on Miss Persona. And you made the observation of what? You confused the hell out of him because <laughs> I don't think he's ever gotten that. And he seemed genuinely caught off guard. Did by he really? What, yeah. I, I think was... Steve might have been the first person, first grown man to ever come up to him <laughs> and say, I like your work on Treehouse. I don't <laughs> think a ton of grown wrestling fans watch Miss Persona on Treehouse TV. Right. Um, but because he, he's billed as this Italian, but in all honesty, Santino Morello grew up here in like Mississauga. He's Canadian. And after he retired from the WWE, he came back here and now he owns a, a judo studio in, I think, still in Mississauga. Whoa. And then he part times on Treehouse on Miss Persona as the character, as the mailman. And, so, <laughs> and he's so funny. <laughs> so he's really good. So he's lying down like he, he got beat up and he's lying down in front of the turnbuckle. And the guy climbs the rope and he's about to jump onto him and he just lazily rolls out of the way. And so the guy goes, what the, and he gets down and he goes up the other turnbuckle and Santino rolls away. From the- <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, it's just, his comedic timing is really good. Yeah, And his whole, and his whole thing is he has uh, the finishing move called the Cobra where he puts a, a sock on where it's a Cobra sock. And then it's he, a Cobra. The, okay. He puts on the Cobra and then he puts it in the guy's mouth and then he, he eliminates him and he finishes the match. So, before the match, he said, okay, challenger, I forget the guy's name, uh, Trent Gibson is who, who oh, was facing said, Trent said, you got to defeat me without using the Cobra. And then Santino said, I can't do a Santino voice. I'm going to beat you without the Cobra, <laughs> Trent Gibson. That's really good. I'm going to use the super mega body slam. <laughs> so, so he said, I'm going to use the super mega body slam. And then he did it. 
And then after the match, they had a little tussle of everything. They had some after-match heroics and hysteria. And then he brought out the Cobra that he said he wasn't going to use. And then, because he's a businessman, he's a smart man, he sells the Cobra sock after his match at like the the meet and greet area he sells them to like little kids and i don't oh. know how, it's probably like 10 bucks or whatever all the parents so then all the kids had the little santino that sock. is so great yeah, he's, he's, a, he's such a great entertainer it blew my mind he's he's Good got dude. one of the funniest uh he made john cena break character once <laughs> they were doing a back uh a backstage promo and he goes you think you're a funny man, John Chena? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was... <laughs> in 2017 and 2018, he won Wrestling Gimmick of the Year back-to-back years. Really? By, I forget which uh, wrestling magazine does, like, the big awards and everything, but he won them back-to-back because he's so he's so talented. He's great. And, like, you kind of forget he's a good wrestler. Like, yeah. He, he won the Intercontinental title in his debut match. What did you say? Because you took a picture with him, and then you took the picture to show Leo. And then you stood next to him, and then you were looking at the picture afterwards. What oh. did you say about yourself? Man, so I've been working on improving my body, and I feel healthier than I have in a very long time, and I've been feeling good about myself. And then I took a picture with Santino Morella, and I don't feel good about myself anymore <laughs> because that is a professional wrestler, and I am a little baby boy man. You said... Uh, I feel jacked, except when I stand next to an actual jacked guy. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that means that most of the time you feel jacked then. That's good. Yeah. Look at the positive. I'm usually not standing next to Santino (laughs) Murata. Well, and Eric was great. And then lastly, we get to the main event where Eric Young is facing Channing Decker, who's from like the area. You know, so he came out in a, the Ted Reeves, you said you played hockey there, Mm -hmm. Ted Reeves. So I forget what, what their team name is. Thunder. They they used to be anyway. So he came out in a Ted Reeve Thunder jersey with his name, with Decker on the back. Is it still that yellow and weird maroon? No, it was red and black. Okay. It used to be like this seventies maroon and then a bright yellow. It was mustard yellow used to be big in minor hockey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Eric's the older guy. So he had, he had to play the heel, unfortunately, but myself, Steve, and then two buddies, Justin Fisher, who the hockey fans might know him from Twitter. And then his friend, Will, we were there and we were the only four guys in the audience and we were so loud when everybody's booing Eric. We're just yelling, "That Decker, Decker locked eyes with me at one point, and we were booing him. And he, for a moment, looked confused. Yeah, <laughs> he was the baby face. So, so Channing Decker, he came out on a Zamboni. Uh, wearing the home team's yeah. jersey and we're booing him and we're ruining the entire audience experience but it was awesome because eric's our boy so we're never gonna boo him but eric said eric said <laughs> you you have to canadians cheer for who they want yeah they do whatever they want he's 100 percent right and he took uh there were two table spots they went through two tables two tables there's blood so like i don't know three minutes into the match Decker. eric Opens up his head and there's blood all over Decker. Who and Cheers. you know the face, the baby face has always got to be the one bleeding because it, it got to overcome get, the odds. It gets the crowd even more riled up because they're like, "That's my guy, he's bleeding." You no, know? you can do it. Yeah, you can do it despite the fact that there's blood. You can do it. And uh, we Eric, know you're hurting. We know you're hurting, but we're with you. We'll support <laughs> you even harder. He didn't. He didn't have to. He didn't get jobbed out. But Eric had to take the loss for the hometown baby face. But uh, face turn. You face can, turn because the baby face extends his hand and mm-hmm. Eric actually took it and they, they shook know, they hands, raise each other's hands and mm-hmm. everything. And I, I think we're glossing over the, the, you know, 
It says Hitman on every picture <laughs> promoting the event. Brett the Hitman Hart was there. Yeah, I forgot. The, they brought out Bret Hart. Yeah, like one of the people who was with us like just sort of looks over and they were quiet for a few seconds and then they just go, that's Bret Hart. Wow. That's Bret the Hitman Hart. And uh, big thank you, Bret chant broke out because mm -hmm. that's, that's what you say to Bret Hart. And Jesse told me that my brain is broken. At this event, why is my brain broken? Do you remember? You remembered something really obscure. Oh my god, the guy you recognized. Yes, there was a guy there, like Iron Maiden jean jacket, older, you know, older than us, not really old, but you know, ponytail or sort of bun. And I'm just like, that guy looks really familiar. And even Fisher goes, he does. Who is that? And right away. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm going to show Adam a picture of this person. And Adam, can you guess who or tell us who this is? I have no idea who that is. This, no this random man no, who, was, who is in the audience no, sitting not. front row at this wrestling event have, in the Danforth I've in never, Toronto. Never seen who is that this man? man? I do not know this man. You've 100% seen that man. You, you know this man. You know this man very well. Steve remembered who this is. A lot of Canadians right now are having the same sensation. Who is this guy? I think I recognize this guy. That's Phil from YTV. No, that is not. <laughs> That's Phil from YTV. He wrestles now? No. I don't think he wrestles. I think he's a promoter and sometimes apparently plays the electric guitar in ring. So he's, PJ Phil. he does like things on the independent wrestling circuit in Toronto. Like he's he's been about at a bunch of these events wow. and stuff. And Steve was like, that's Phil. And I'm like, how? How do you know? How, are the, how did you recognize that? He has the same face as Phil. <laughs> so it must be Phil. Wow, Steve. Anyway. Right. Yeah, Jesse, you're right. His brain is broken. That's crazy that you remember that. It's Listen, he was a big part of my childhood. Like all my friends in elementary school, we all wanted to be Phil. But Phil was like, like uh, a big age gap older brother. Yeah. Like, to all of us. Like, yeah. Yeah, he was cool. He was so cool. Um, we, we do have to wrap because we got to get into uh, the press conference here. But I do want to mention this very, very quickly that uh, we are um, uh, we're going to do Monday, Wednesday, Thursday this week because it's Canada Day Friday and everybody wants a long weekend. And then next week, Monday, Wednesday and then Friday from Montreal because we're going to do our show Wednesday and then we're all leaving. I'm driving. You guys are flying and then we're going and then and then we're in Montreal. It's happening. It is very exciting. So, uh, uh, just a bit of a just schedule heads up for you. We're very excited to see can you I, in Montreal. Can I mention one other thing? Sure. No. Um, yes, sure. If anybody is watching this video, yes, you can look like you are going to work in SDPN uniform. Oh, smirch. <laughs> you can go to sdpnshop.ca. If you're listening right now, visit there and you too can get your uniform to work for SDPN. Because, Steve, what do you think I look like today? You have almost identically the McDonald's uniform. <laughs> and that's the look I was going for. I'm wearing my SDPN cap. My and the headphones. My, my SDPN polo. And I look like I'm going to work at McDonald's. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> Click like and subscribe. SDPNshop.ca. Get your McDonald's SDPN uniform right now. Press conference now, guys.